Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest today is Hannah Silito, uh, a skin healing expert and also an author. She also has uh, a range of plant-based beauty products, which Hannah, after our chat, very kindly sent me some in the post. Hannah, thanks very much. Very grateful. This is Now, this is a, a perfect lockdown episode because I do know that a lot of us, and I include myself in this, have been suffering with skin problems. Maybe it's from not getting outside enough. I know lockdown is easing, but I, you know, I'm still definitely indoors more than I used to be. So I tell you what, on a personal level, I mean, I talk about it in the episode. I've got a dry... I wasn't expecting... I've got a dry forehead. It's like Alan Partridge. I've got a dry forehead. So we talk about that and it, it, from doing, from uh, scouring the internet, sounds like I'm not alone. A lot of us uh, are having similar skin conditions. So it was uh, a very timely episode. You may remember Hannah from Dragon's Den, a real success story from that. Uh, she had a hit book, Radiant. And also Hannah's one of these people, we've all talked about it, quitting the rat race, disappearing off in a camper van. She did it. And... Uh, I tell you what, if you're thinking about doing that, it's well worth uh, listening to Hannah's take on it. She strongly recommends it. And uh, we are talking about a very laid back person here. I can't see her keeling over from a heart attack in the next couple of years. I, I, I can see her living till she's at least 200 years old. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram at my goodness recipes. This is a, a terrific episode because it, it's packed. Well, Hannah's lovely, but it's also packed with uh, lots of terrific advice and it's plant-based as well uh we re now we recorded this a few weeks ago it's important that i explain that because uh, the way we're talking about lockdown you might not think it applies to right now but uh it, it still all makes perfect sense so uh huge thanks to hannah that's my daughter <laughs> huge thanks to hannah uh without further ado here she is it's very picture postcard for sure what what are you able to um, are you able to embrace nature on the on the lockdown? Yeah, so everyone's going to hate me by the end of this, James. Yeah, no, no, thing. no. <laughs> gonna, what I'm doing is I'm trying to live vicariously through you. <laughs> I recently started. I've lived here for eight years, and yeah. I'm ashamed to say that for six of those, I've got these beautiful vegetable plots that I've done nothing with and last year I said right I'm going to get the vegetable garden in order I'm really going to sort this out so I started um creating raised beds and just getting manure and soil and doing all those things it was a real learning curve for me because I'm quite a an urban girl um originally 
And so I created this vegetable garden. And for me, that has just been my savior through lockdown because I've got pea frames and runner beans growing and I've got the greenhouse to sort out and all these sort of very, very countryside sounding tasks to do. And it really has been a savior, even the simple task of going out in the evening to water the plants, you know, to be able to breathe fresh air, things that I have definitely taken for granted for eight years. I most certainly haven't been taking for granted over the past few weeks. So where were you before before that then? I've sort of moved all around the country really. I lived in Wigan, in Coventry, in Newcastle, always sort of further to the north of England. I've spent a lot of time in London recently for work so to and fro on the train and then prior to that which is also going to make me sound a little bit quirky and strange I lived in my camper van around Europe so I spent a lot of time living in beaches and forests and yeah (laughs) very strange well I'll tell you what no no wonder you look so happy (laughs) I must admit it has been an amazing few years and that time again you know so grateful to have spent time living in my van just with my surfboard and living a very um, nomadic life really for a few years amazing yeah are you one of those people that are going to live till you're about 250 (laughs) it's the mission it's the mission as long as I'm healthy and you know can still be active and get out there and yeah I'd quite happily live for a long time I feel like there's so much of the world to see I almost feel cheated out of doing that it's only been six weeks and I feel very sort of um stuck you know I didn't even have any particular holidays planned but I'm not really a planning sort of person I tend to book flights last minute and it feels very weird doesn't it that we can't just go online and book a flight to somewhere in Europe for the weekend it's a very strange feeling but now what you've done there with the camper man is something that a lot of people have secretly thought about and then dismissed it on the grounds of you know, and I say this, you know, incorrectly dismiss it on the grounds of, oh, that's not the thing that you're, that you're supposed to do, even though it sounds like absolute bliss. Um, please, I've never, I've never met anyone who, uh, who's done that. I couldn't admire you more for it. Please could you share with us, was that as perfect as it sounds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To be honest, yes, but all, but there are some difficulties that you never think about, such as, you know, having to empty a toilet every five days or, you know, yes, there were blissful elements. There are also tough elements. I would go back to it in a heartbeat. It was such a lovely way to live. And actually it wasn't planned. So none of it was planned from the beginning. Like you say, I've always sort of had the dream of, oh, it'd be lovely to have a camper van and to travel. And I looked at them for ages online, but didn't really know where to start with what to buy. And then my neighbor said, I'm selling the camper van. You wouldn't be interested, would you? And I thought, well, there's an opportunity that can't be missed. So bought the van and it was actually my little cat, Henry. I'd had him for 18 years and he died. And it was that that prompted me to just leave. I didn't want to be in the house anymore without an animal, a creature being around. I lived on my own. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go in the van and spend a few weeks away. I was fortunate because work meant that I could work from anywhere got in the van and thought, I'll drive to the South Coast and spend a little bit of time there. And I met a couple completely by chance on top of a mountain and we got chatting and they had a little camper van as well. And they said, you know, it'd be lovely, wouldn't it, to live in in your van? I said, oh, I've always sort of had this dream of doing that. And they said, well, with your work, what's stopping you? And I sort of thought, well, nothing's stopping me. So I got on a ferry and went to France and then just carried on driving, got to the Pyrenees, carried on into Spain reached the very southern tip of Spain in a surf town called Tarifa, 
and didn't leave for six months. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Really amazing. A hero. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like David Icke when I say this. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, it's not that we're all brainwashed to... Uh, conditioned might be a better word, but I mean, I'm, I don't mind telling you, I'm from a... I'm from a my family, what you call a very traditional family, you know, they, they would have you believe that you go to school, you go to uni, you get your qualifications, you get a steady job, you get married. But, you know, when you when you actually do take a step back and think about it, I, I think we all would, would love to do what what you did. What What, what is it about that uh, conditioning, if you like, that's, that, that's stopping us? Because it's it's a crying shame, isn't it, that more people don't just do the things that they, they want to do. It is. And I think if you ask yourself in your mind, what is stopping you? People would maybe say, oh, I can't afford to do that. Well, van life is the cheapest thing in the world. It's so inexpensive. It's crazy. Yeah. Some people might say, well, you know, I need a job. What am I going to do about my job? Well, actually, the internet makes that really simple as well. So we can work from so many different places these days. I think a lot of us are learning that in lockdown, aren't we? You don't need to be in the office. Right. And yeah, I guess people sort of have this vision of we should all meet somebody in our 20s. We should all get married. We should all buy a house, you know, save up really hard, get the deposit, move into a house. And before you know it, you know, you've got kids and then you're getting older and then you retire. And it's at that stage that you buy the camper van and you think, why would you wait until you're 60 or 70? And who knows what can happen in the meantime? So I've always lived a little bit unconventionally anyway. And my parents were always mountaineers and explorers. And they've sort of instilled that into me from a young age. But they also had that attitude of you get a job, one job, and you continue to do that for the rest of your life. So when at 16, I chose my job to be a DJ, they, <laughs> they were horrified. Um, and I did that for a number of years. And then I worked as an interior designer and created a manufactured furniture. And so that was the job I was able to do online because it really didn't matter where I was. Sure. And I did it very consciously. I created the company and set it up to be able to do it from anywhere in the world and then didn't go anywhere for five years. And it was this conversation with that couple down in Cornwall when they said, well, why did you create the company to do that and then not go anywhere? And I thought, actually, you've got a point. Um, and so I thought, well, let's just test the theory. Even if I just drive to France for a few weeks and see if it's possible to run the company from there. And obviously there's got to be a little bit of sort of self-dedication because whilst you meet other people in vans and they're all off kite surfing or hiking for the day, I still had to sit there and say, guys, I'm still going to do a nine to five job. But being able to work that little bit more flexibly and, you know, meeting people from all walks of life. So I did meet retired couples who had waited till their 60s or 70s to travel. I also met couples in their 20s, people on their own, people who'd taken early retirement and this whole community of different people. I felt like I learned so much and met the most incredible people on those travels. And the other thing I get asked a lot as well, being female, and I don't see why it should matter, but I guess it kind of does for some people, is are you not scared? So you're not scared living in the van. But actually, nobody knows whether you're there on your own or who you're with. So sleeping in the van alone at night, nobody would know whether I'm there alone or whether I've got a great big Rottweiler sleeping beside me. Or Yeah, so no, I was never scared. I just found it incredibly freeing. And actually, it scared me more the thought of having to come back to do a nine to five or to live a very conventional life. So I quite like that sense of adventure and doing things a bit differently and living outside the box. 
I mean, you know, I mean, after lockdown, and you know, maybe people would be inspired after listening to this. You can imagine people. I mean, people will want to run for the hills, won't they? I mean, so what you've done. I mean, I'll be honest with you. What you've done to anyone listening to this sounds idyllic, doesn't it, right now? Yeah, and I do miss it. You know, I've still got the camper van. So when I came back from Spain, which I needed to to do bits of work over here, I kind of spent a little while then leaving the van in various places in Europe and flying back. So I would take a flight back if I had meetings to come back and leave the van at the airport. And then I decided the following year that I would do a similar thing, but drive to Greece, which was also incredible through Montenegro, Croatia, Albania. You know, driving through Albania was an experience in itself. So I really miss not having that freedom to just jump in the van and go somewhere. And it's really strange seeing it parked on the drive. We're only a few weeks into lockdown, really, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's a month and a half out of our lives so far, but you really do sort of feel these restrictions. And for me, it feels strange that I can't just jump in the van, even to go up to Scotland or to go down to the South Coast or to drive across to Wales or all those things that I would most definitely have been doing on the sunny weekends that we've had so far. Just, yeah, I couldn't have predicted in a million years that I wouldn't be able to do those things, you know. Do, do you feel the, the 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 call to return to that life in the future? Yes, definitely. I just it's just one of my absolute favourite things to do, and I think the last few years have been quite busy on various work projects that have needed me to be more UK based. Sure, but there would be nothing stopping me in the future. I don't think taking life back on the road a little bit, and it's just so nice seeing new places, meeting new people. And to feel like that doesn't have to end. You know, a holiday, you've always got that. I'm going to enjoy this new culture for two weeks and then I'm going to go home. And I never get that feeling of, oh, but I just can't wait to get home. As much as it's a beautiful place where I live and I'm so grateful for it, I never got that real, oh, it's lovely to be home feeling. It was always, oh, I just wish this could go on a bit longer. So, yeah. Do you think that's, um, do you think that was in your DNA then, given, given your parents? Yeah, I think so. My parents took me even as a tiny baby. I was only a few weeks old and they were road tripping across to Italy and I just got taken in the van. And yeah, I definitely think I was brought up traveling. My mother is Dutch. So there's also that sort of element of, you know, having been raised between the UK and Holland. And yeah, I was just always encouraged to explore and travel and experience new places. Did the backpacking thing in my 20s, which I really loved. But of course, back then you're doing it on a shoestring with not much budget. And it's kind of nice to explore places when you can really sort of take time to experience them rather than having to work your way around those places or raise enough money to get you through the next few days. Sure. Or Yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. So then, I mean, then how did you come to, I mean, obviously right now you're enjoying um phenomenal success but but how did how do you get from there to to where you are now then so really the traveling and those elements were all part of of the journey so my my sort of lifestyle transformation I guess began six years ago I struggled with really severe skin conditions so I had acne eczema and psoriasis but I'm I'm not just saying this it sounds like I work for QVC (laughs) but you, you, you're perfect. I mean, this, this, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's, it, this sounds like I'm being paid to say this. But you have the most perfect skin. Well, that's very kind. This is full um, shopping channel, isn't it? Now that I've done, I mean, I can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe I've gone down this avenue. Um, this is the part where I need to bring out the before and after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But um, 
you, I tell you what, my, my, my wife and I, we were always watching, you know, I, I, we thought we were like ironically watching this shopping, this is so funny, watching this shopping channel. And they talked about this machine that made banana ice cream. And we were like mocking it. And then literally 10 minutes later, oh, seven, five. <laughs> We used, I think we used it once. I was going to say, is it at the back of the cupboard now? <laughs> oh, I do love um, a shopping channel. I do love a shopping channel. Super. Um, Sorry. Yeah, to, the yes. difference is, is, is just is genuinely crazy. And I think when people do see the before pictures, you know, to give you an idea of how bad my skin was at the time, I couldn't stand the feeling of like a T-shirt against my arms or stomach. It was so red, raw and painful. And... Oh, gosh. The comments that people make as well are just the worst. So, you know, going out in short sleeves and you think people in life cannot be that rude, but they really are. So I would get, you know, um, have you been bitten? Did you get bitten? Oh, how did you do that? Have you been on holiday? Did you burn your skin? And these are strangers in the supermarket. And you think, how can you just ask somebody that, you know, with no sort of thought or care for what that person might be going through? Um, What what, what is it? What is all that about? Because I, I think I think these people have always existed. And I just think, say, social media, these people, have, a spotlight has really been shone on these people. But what on earth? What is all that about? There's almost no filter, I think, for some people. So they just speak what goes through their head without thinking, how is this going to impact the other person? And I always say, People ask me about my skin, if there were ever any positives to struggling with a skin condition. It's most definitely taught me empathy. But even without empathy, even just common sense, I don't know how or why or what would possess you to ask another human being if they've been burnt. You know, it's just so insensitive. I also got stopped at airline check-in in Egypt once coming back from Haggadah and the lady at the check-in pulled me to one side and quite loudly in front of the whole airline queue asked if I was contagious and if my skin condition was catching and I mean, come on I'd spent this week in the sun and I actually thought my skin had improved you know because I got a tan so it sure. sort of disguised yeah. the redness a bit yeah. I was absolutely mortified so you're feeling quite good about yourself I felt really good. I w- I'd yeah. worn a vest top to the airport. So I'd sort of got the confidence to think okay I'm going to go there in this strappy vest top and you know she probably doesn't even remember the incident, the girl. But of course, that stayed with me for the past 15 years. It's just just crazy. Those sort of seemingly innocent comments to some people, for the people struggling on the other side of them, it's just awful. Um, and yeah, I stopped wearing short sleeves. I stopped going out in shorts. All those pleasurable events like friends' weddings in the summer or birthday parties. You know, I was always the one with a cashmere cardigan thrown over a short sleeve dress itching and just desperate to get out of this hot hot clothing but not wanting people to make comments or stare or point at my skin so it affects so much more than just the feeling of pain and itching that comes with skin conditions anyway the mental health aspect is just you know so intense and for so many people struggling with similar issues I think we can all relate to one another it's almost like a community where finally somebody understands you because you go oh my gosh my doctor's never ask me about how upset this makes me feel. My doctor's never addressed the depression or the stress or the anxiety that comes with a skin condition. You see what's on the surface and you think, oh yeah, someone's got eczema. It might be painful. It might be itchy. It might stop them sleeping at night. But the fact it impacts relationships and social situations and your career, your job, you know, those are things that people don't often talk about. And that's huge. 
Tina Fey writes about it in uh, Bossy Pants, and she says that some people, it's they want to bring something up, and they, th- I think her quote is, uh, excuse me while I'm awesome at you. And uh, they think, can you relate to that? They think that, oh, they, they will love that I'm being so direct. Whereas the actual fact is nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, maybe that is that is the attitude that people have. Maybe they think, oh, well, this person will appreciate me for acknowledging their problem. I think if someone comes to you gently, and I struggle these days, so now having found what works for me and wanting to share that with other people, I'm still very conscious that when I see someone with a skin condition, huge part of me wants to reach out and go, I feel I can help you. And yeah. another part of me thinks, hang on, maybe that person doesn't want help. Maybe they're feeling good today. And you pointing out that you've noticed their skin is not going to be a pleasurable experience oh, for them. It's, it's a tough one. And The way around it is to give them a business card with the website on. I have thought about that. But again, then you think, is that person going to look at the card and look at you and think, <laughs> you just ruined my day? You know, just... Um, I always put myself in the other person's shoes and I think that's the bit that that's the filter that some people are missing. They don't Absolutely. consider the other yeah. person. And so my doctor had me on this cycle of different steroid creams for 20 years, really. You know, I struggled with this from being a teenager. So I'd almost grown up with it in a way and become used to it. But that final flare six years ago, that really was at a stage where I couldn't go to work and I couldn't sleep at night. And it really was impacting a lot of different aspects of my life. And then I went back to my doctor and said, you know, the creams aren't really touching this and it's not having any tangible effect and what can we do? And he suggested a chemotherapy drug. And that was a wake-up call, you know, sitting there thinking, okay, my skin's bad, it's impacting a lot of my life, but do I really need cancer medication to heal from this? And the other scary part to that was the fact that the doctor said, this isn't going to cure you. It will offer temporary remission. So you think you're suggesting I now take this incredibly strong medication. It's not the answer. You've already admitted that it's not going to be a cure, but it might offer me some relief for a while. And actually the side effects include liver failure. So you want to test me every fortnight to make sure that my liver is functioning. And amongst all of this, I'm sat there with this burning, painful skin, just you know, so mortified, depressed, sad, thinking, what do I do here? What can I do? And I went home, my doctor suggested that I think about it. And my decision was no, because I just, the side effects absolutely petrified me. But I knew that I couldn't sit there and do nothing. So I had to do something to heal my skin. And that was when all the talk of diet doesn't make a difference. It won't change your skin whether you eat sugar or drink alcohol or these things don't, don't yeah. play any part. I suddenly started thinking, but what if the doctor's got that wrong? What if actually it does make a difference? And I understood that these drugs that they offered me worked in the sense that they suppress my immune system. So psoriasis is autoimmune, like arthritis, the immune system fights itself. And I thought, what if there was a natural way to get my immune system back on track? So rather than suppress it, rather than dampen it down, which of course leaves you open to a whole host of other problems. What if we looked at modulating it? And then I read about turmeric. And at the time, six years ago, turmeric was like the new spice. Everybody was using it. But actually, there was scientific evidence to prove its immune modulating properties. And then I read about shiitake mushrooms always have to be a bit careful how you pronounce them (laughs) and they too showed these immune modulating benefits and so I started thinking 
if these two simple foods offer so many powerful benefits, what else could food do for me? So I really set myself this challenge of completely changing my diet. Now, I was a smoker up until 15 years ago. I drank a lot of red wine, loved red wine up until six years ago. And my diet, I would say it was all right at the time. You know, I would have said it was okay. Take away once a week, maybe, you know, ate a lot of pasta, ate a lot of bread, but wholemeal bread. So I sort of thought I was doing all the right things. And it was only when I began to research and make these changes and adapt what I was eating and really understanding the changes that I was making that I started seeing and feeling the benefits. And after 28 days of making those changes, I went out in short sleeves for the first time in years and nobody said anything. Nobody stared, nobody commented. My skin had improved so much within that month. And bearing in mind 30 days before that, the doctor had wanted me on cancer drugs. But without medication, I'd made these changes that in 20 years of steroid creams, I'd I'd not seen results like it. And so, of course, that for me was just life changing and something that I thought, why is nobody talking about this? Why is nobody shouting this from the rooftops? So I'd already began sharing my journey and my story on Twitter because for my own accountability, I think it can be really important to use social media to stay accountable. And I just thought, actually, this is something that I want other people to know about. So I started writing a blog. And after another couple of months, people started messaging me saying, I've got to show you my before and after photos because your diet has made such a difference to me. And I thought, it's not my diet, it's fresh fruit and veg. There's no trick or, you know, there's nothing crazy about this. It's a really simple plant-based regime. There's nothing, there's nothing wildly unusual. There's no, you don't have to drink, you know, herbs from the, from the yeah. African jungle or anything yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really simple. And yeah, just incredible, incredible. And, and that sort of prompted a lifestyle change. I began exercising. I felt good. I had energy, which I hadn't had for years. I used to constantly be lethargic and tired. And, and I guess that also then led to that lifestyle living in the van. You know, I felt free. I felt like I could be the person that I'd wanted to be through my 20s. I felt like I had the confidence to go and interact and do all these things. So it was absolutely life changing. But I mean, but I mean, that, I mean that is extraordinary. But to then launch a range is—I mean, that's a, a whole new level. How, how, how did that come about? Yeah. So after I wrote the blog, what, mate, we need to write into QVC and just <laughs> hand over <laughs> this footage. This is how it's done, guys. But no, I mean, again, I—I I, I, I say it from the heart. How how um, how did that come about? Because I mean, that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. So. After I shared the blog and I got these pictures back from people, I just, it was this real mission to tell everybody in the world. I was like, how do I get this out on a bigger scale? So friends and family said, you should put this in a book. I always think writing a book is actually quite self-indulgent, but I wanted, I genuinely wanted to do this to help other people. And also, I guess, to get my story out and to also talk about those moments of people saying awful things and sort of to get it out on paper as a almost cathartic experience, I suppose. So I wrote a book and I emailed it to a printing company and got it printed. So it looked like a book, but it was a big A4 book. And I sat down with a friend of mine and I said, how how do I get this published? Because I don't know where to begin. So we Googled how to publish a book. And Google tells you that you don't need to go to a publisher, you need to find an agent. And I thought, oh, this all sounds really long and complex. And 
not very patient. There's going to be a lot of waiting involved. And so I sent a copy of my photographs and the manuscript to these different agents that I found on Google. And all of a sudden, lots of them replied, said, we'd really love to talk to you. This sounds exciting. And so I met with a few agents in London and I chose a lovely girl called Becky to work with who said to me at the time, I work for a really small agency. We're not the biggest, but I really want to help you get your story out there. So she approached a number of publishers for me and the book was born. I could do a real QVC moment here, James. Look, <laughs> here's the book. Ta-da! <laughs> it doesn't quite work on a podcast, but you get the idea. <laughs> would work if it was QVC. Screen grab. We'll screen grab it. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Hang on. Let me do my best smile. There we go. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I created this book. And, and in creating the book, we, my publishers put so much investment into it. So it was a really beautiful hardback book, really nice illustrations. And that was important to me because I wanted it to be a book that people with skin conditions would be proud to show others and to have on their kitchen work surface. So when we first started talking about it, they said, you know, we want it to be called the skin Bible. And I said, listen, when I was struggling with psoriasis, the last thing I wanted on my kitchen table was something that referred to my skin. So we need to be more subtle. I want it to be something that they will share with their friends. And we called it radiant in the end. We compromised. We came up with lots of different names. But I thought that's got positive connotations, you know, radiant, radiant skin, health. Yeah, I liked it. And so we've now sold 26,000 copies of the book, which in itself is amazing. It's been translated into Spanish, French and Hungarian, which is incredible. And so all of a sudden, all these people from around the world have now been getting in touch over the past five years saying, look at my skin, look at the changes I've made. And as part of that conversation, people were asking, what can I use on my skin? Because so many of the products that we see in the shops that are labeled as suitable or specifically for eczema, psoriasis, etc., are petroleum based. Sure. So when we think about that, that's highly refined petrol. We are mass- massaging fuel into the skin it doesn't make sense to be doing that. We're clogging pores. We're ruining the skin's pH balance. On so many levels, petroleum is just the wrong thing to be massaging into sensitive skin. And so it started as a little kitchen table project for my own benefit. I started working with an aromatherapist and I said, you know, I'm using coconut oil at the moment, but sometimes it can feel a bit drying. And she said, oh, you know, if we add some rosehip, it will help with the scarring on your skin. And if we add this... I started learning from that. And I said, look, would you help me create something, just a few products that people are asking for? And that's really how it started. And so we started selling a balm that would help, you know, when skin's really dry and itchy and irritated, just that instant relief is so important. And we began sharing a hair care range because shampoos, commercial shampoos are quite often full of SLS and parabens and all these different ingredients that sound very um, chemical based and unusual. And we don't really know what it is they do. So some of these are preservatives. Some of them are the stuff that makes the shampoo go foamy, but actually a lot of them have got these drying side effects. So they dry the scalp. And I remember when my skin was really bad, I'd brush my hair and it would look like I had a bad case of dandruff because my scalp was as impacted as every other part of my skin. So We worked on a soothing shampoo and all these different little kitchen table products. But as with everything, you know, it starts as a blog. It starts as a small kitchen table product. And for me, it's always about spreading the word to a wider community. So, yes, it's great that Auntie Jane is 
telling Sarah that this works. But actually, for me, I want the world to know. I want everybody to have the choice as to whether or not they go down. And it really should be a choice. Do you go down the medical route? Do you use those strong suppressants? Do you use the steroid creams? Or do you try something else? I think natural skincare products and diet is often seen as the alternative. But for me, surely that's the starting point. And if that doesn't work, then we look for alternatives. I kind of like to see it. The other- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The way around. So that was really how the whole journey into, into natural skincare began. For me, it's, it starts from within. It's really important thinking about what you're putting into the system. But in addition... We don't want to be ruining all that by massaging toxins into the skin. So it's kind of a, a dual, dual prong approach, I suppose, to, to healing. And then things got really exciting because I always like this theory of sharing the story with as many people as possible. Yeah. I thought, how do I do that? Yes, social media has got, you know, I've got, I've got an audience there, not a big audience, but an audience. But how do I share it on an even bigger scale? And that led last year to Dragon's Den, which <laughs> which was the most scary experience of my life. Yeah. So I applied for it in 2018. I got through to auditions and was then rejected. And because I didn't have enough um, enough of the finances, they wanted to see a lot of accountancy paperwork and it just wasn't there. And then a year later, I don't give up, tried again, got through. And all five dragons offered me investment, which doesn't happen very often in the den. So it was a great experience. And through that time, it went from a kitchen table range to me actually working with scientists who could help bring a whole new dimension to these skincare products. So rather than it just be a soothing spray because we've used some calming oils, it actually became this collaboration between botanicals but real science to support what it is those botanicals can do. So we have a range of really functional, incredible products that are still 100% natural, but really effective as an alternative to, you know, the strong steroids and suppressants that the doctors might consider prescribing. So the whole Uh, thing has been super exciting. I've just enjoyed every aspect of the project, you know. Well, I was going to say, because you are, obviously, the thing with Dragon's Den is that there's the odd thing that goes wrong and that's entertainment. 
but you are you're, you're I mean you're the perfect example of you're what the show aspires to be aren't you because you're someone who had a positive experience you're someone who they all got behind you they all believed in it I mean again speaking of QVC what happened with you on Dragon's Den I mean that if they could put that dream trailer together it would be your story wouldn't it it was so scary you know going on the show because as you say it really can go either way you either get ripped to shreds and quite often you know I'm as a viewer I'm a fan of the show so I watch I was watching the show for many years before I was on there myself but you watch don't you when you think oh this looks like a good idea this is great this you know yeah brilliant and then one of the dragons picks up on something so true (laughs) you think you think they've nailed this and then 10 minutes later as they're walking out crying you go oh no And you sort of go, yeah, no, knew it was rubbish. I knew that wasn't going to work. You know, yeah, Deborah's got a point there. Yeah. What were they thinking? (laughs) So I thought, I don't want that to be. (coughs) And I also really didn't want to be the person that they would rip to shreds for not having any medical experience or, you know, you just don't know with the dragons sometimes. They they pick up on something. And it could have been, yeah, the thing with you, Hannah, you've come in here with your idea, you know. Exactly, oh, God, no. exactly. Yeah. Who are you to say, you know? And <laughs> and I guess before that, whenever I'd talk to people, what I would do was share a copy of my book. You know, on an email, I'd say, oh, and I've written this book, I'm an author, and here's my Instagram. You can check out the before and after pictures of people who've made these changes. And so that in itself was like, whoa, you see those changes. And so I'd said to the producers at the BBC, I really want to share the pictures. You know, how can we get those pictures for the dragons to see? And they said, oh, there won't be an opportunity to do that. So I thought, now I've got to share my story, but without any proof, without any of the evidence that I would ordinarily go into a meeting with, I've just got to tell the story as honestly as I can from the heart and hope that they really understand and empathize and can see that this really has come from a passion and a purpose of wanting to help people. Unfortunately, thank goodness, they completely got it. And so I was left with a dilemma that I couldn't have dreamt of in a million years, which was, which dragon do I choose? I hadn't even, in my wildest dreams, talked myself through that scenario. Entertained that thought, yeah. I just hadn't. I thought, you know, how do I ring my parents and tell them that I didn't get the investment? How do I... football team saying, which club bus... Should we go forth when we're parading the trophy around the scene? You, know? <laughs> you just don't go there in your mind, you know. And and yeah, for me, it was it was how do I cope if this doesn't go right? And I'd gone through all the worst case scenarios, and then was stood there thinking, just I want to phone a friend. I don't want to make this decision. Yeah. How do I choose? You know. And so, of course, I, t- I say, know, is that not the ultimate champagne problem? Oh, I mean, yeah, it just... Which successful investor? <laughs> Which investor who's really keen on my product? Mm. It really was a, a dream, a dream problem. I think my face on the show says it all. I'm sort of yeah. rolling my eyes thinking, I can't believe I'm in this situation. Yeah. I never expected it in a million years. Um, yeah, a very it, nice problem to have without doubt. Did you ever see the guy who pitched the pyramid scheme? On Dragon's Den. Yeah, it's on. It's on YouTube. It's worth a watch. It's very, very funny. So he get. <laughs> I mean, I almost don't want to spoil it, but I mean, say to yourself and any listener, if you need cheering up, it's just a couple of minutes, and a guy goes on there, and then I think it's. I could be wrong. I think it's. I want to say Theo Pafidis, but maybe it's not. And he goes, 
or whoever it is, it might be, it might be Deborah Bean, to be fair, but one of them just goes, hang on, you're pitching a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and he was, he was. That is exactly what he was doing, he was pitching it. But I mean, Brilliant. but I mean, obviously that falls into the, the light relief category, but um, can you say a bit about what's happened since then for what has been a, a positive uh, experience? Yeah, so that was only, that show was only televised back in August. So we were only really six months on from there, I guess. And on the night, I received over 300 emails that night alone when the show was broadcast. So, of course, I'm trying to go through all these. That's on top of the social media messages, you know, 300 direct emails. And I was in London that week. I remember sitting in my hotel room every day trying to answer some of these emails. And it got to Wednesday. So the show was televised on the Sunday. Three days later, I'm reading this email and it said, I'm emailing you from Holland and Barrett. We're really interested. We've seen the show tonight and we want to stock your range. So I immediately look at the email address it's been sent from thinking, which of my friends is pranking me? (laughs) Because that just seems so out there. And I Googled the lady's name and her LinkedIn came up and I was like, wow, it's real. And she wants to meet with me. And she said in the meeting, you've been on our radar for a long time. We've been following you on Instagram. We've watched the amazing transformations that you've created for people. And then, of course, seeing you on Dragon's Den just spurred us on to make that connection. And I was just like, this is crazy, you know. So just before lockdown happened, we had just signed the deal with Holland and Barrett so that the range will be stocked in 300 of their stores, which for me is an absolute dream come true. And we did have plans throughout the spring for me to go into a lot of stores and do a lot of talks and demonstrations. And I'm sure that will still happen at some point. But of course, then the world got thrown into chaos and everything kind of changed. So I'm excited to get back to it when we can. But I mean, again, once again, I go full QBC here, but sh- Tell me I'm wrong here, but in lockdown and given the way people's skin has gone in lockdown and I can absolutely, you can see how red my face is. It's not normally the a Belisha beacon, but I mean, I, my skin has, has absolutely suffered in lockdown. It, is demand not going through the roof? Yes. And I think at the moment, <coughs> demand generally for health products. So I think yeah. Holland and Barrett being a health retailer, you know, with vitamins and, and people, I think are much more conscious of, preventative options as well you know boosting immunity and and looking after themselves a little bit more I think so their sales in general have gone through the roof my sales online I'm very fortunate that I'm still able to sell and we've got um, social distancing measures in place so that the team at the warehouse can continue to dispatch and everything continues as normal in that sense and it has been incredibly busy over the past couple of months I think as people are investing in self-care Certainly after this all finishes, I think there will be a change in mindset with people as well, where we do think a little bit more about our health and our immunity. And I just know so many people at the moment struggling with their skin, as you say, excessive hand washing because we're constantly having to use those soaps and sanitizers, which it's important to do. So many people are coming to me with dermatitis, hand eczema at a level that they've never struggled with before especially nurses care workers hospitality staff people who are washing their hands in some cases every 15 minutes yeah and there are actually really simple things we can do so again it's a little bit qvc visual but these little oat bags so i just got some muslin bags on 
Amazon. They're really inexpensive. And you fill them with porridge oats and pop those in a bowl of warm water and put your hands in. And the relief that it gives your skin, simple rolled oats, such an easy recipe, but actually so incredibly effective. And I always recommend it for parents who've got toddlers as well, you know, just chucking a a little bag into the bath. Great. For eczema, it's just incredible, just so soothing. And then applying a natural oil like coconut oil or castor oil or hemp seed oil or something that isn't a paraffin or petroleum-based cream can be really useful. I think people are starting to consider these things a little bit more and look for the alternative and think about their health. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It hasn't got to be a crazy, you know, expensive face moisturizer. It can be something as simple as a a homemade option. And and the alternative is now the mainstream, isn't it? I think so. I think it's certainly going that way. I think it will go more and more that way. I think for years, doctors have prescribed steroid creams for skin conditions, but actually didn't talk about topical steroid withdrawal, which once you stop the cream, the skin can flare back twice as badly as you started. And people don't want that quick fix solution. They want something that is going to work permanently. They don't want to just mask things, suppress things, hide things. They want a real solution that's going to be long-term sustainable. I think the other thing with lockdown at the moment is people are going one of two ways with their diet. So either people are seeing it as an opportunity to get super healthy and take advantage of the allocated exercise that we're permitted to do once a day and really think about how they're eating. And then you've got the other extreme where we are struggling with anxiety and sleep deprivation. And so we're relying on sugar and comfort foods and processed foods. And, you know, we talked about homeschooling. So you're having to look after the kids and you haven't really got time to prepare a full dinner. I think there really are two complete extremes. You've got other parents or couples who have been so busy in the past working not just a nine to five but maybe nine till eight and came home and didn't prepare fresh food whereas now they're in a situation where they can eat better and eat more healthily so I think for those people who have been indulging in a little bit more alcohol and sugar and and processed foods than they normally would that can create quite an instant inflammatory response in the skin now let's say a friend of mine also called James Gill. <laughs> so I, so I, I, I don't touch alcohol, even though my face would suggest that it does. So what the thing I, I've let's pretend that I'm asking this on behalf of the listeners rather than selfishly entirely for myself. So my my forehead has really really flared up in in lockdown, and I've, as I say, I've gone this red colour. What uh, what can I do there? This is the most you've just been out in the sunshine. You don't look, it's a little yeah. bit difficult to tell, isn't it? On a, on a, an online conversation, True. but are you feeling, does it feel quite itchy and dry at the moment? Your skin it always feels quite hot. Okay. And so you don't drink alcohol because that would be the first thing. So, I've now not had a drink for six years, which I'm quite proud of because I used to drink so much. But I never went back. Once I stopped, I never went back. I'm the same. Nine years and never went back. Nine years. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I think once you stop and you realize how good life feels without needing to rely on alcohol all the time, and I would certainly class myself as a heavy drinker, constantly relying on it socially and 
you know, every evening, a couple of glasses of wine, it was just normal. And now I look back at that and think it was, it was awful. So alcohol is often the first thing, especially anybody that sees redness around their nose, around the top of their cheeks. Rosacea is quite often the result of, of dehydrated skin and alcohol, of course, adds to that problem. Are you drinking or is this other James that we are talking about drinking enough water, would you say? You know what? Maybe I'm not. I mean, that's another glass that I've polished off there. But uh, I used to to drink, I used to drink two litre bottles of sparkling water. So on the comedy circuit, I often get mocked for always having a two litre bottle of, I mean, it's ridiculous. If I was an action toy, I'd have a bunch of bananas, two litre bottle of water. They were my absolute accessories. So maybe it's that. Maybe I've gone from one extreme to drinking all the water to perhaps not drinking enough. Maybe that's it. I've got these visions of, you know, backstage at Live at the Apollo of a, of a comedian with a crate of beer and a packet of cigarettes. And you're now talking about a bottle of water. <laughs> Tell you what, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because I think comedy, oh, this is such a tangent. But um, there's a book about Saturday Night Live, and they said that in the 70s, uh, the likes of John Belushi and, and Dan Aykroyd, uh, proper party animals. So they're into, I don't think I'm telling tales here, they're into hard drugs and hard liquor and hard living and no sleep. Whereas these days, the, the, that same cast would be drinking smoothies and they'd have the yoga mat and their, <laughs> the green tea. But I, I think comedy's really maybe like society has gone that way from hell raising to, you know, you, you probably wouldn't smash a hotel room. You'd probably tidy it. <laughs> Whilst your green juice is chilling in the mini yeah, bar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> so if you're already eating well, you know, and drinking lots of water, two litres of water, definitely. That's the sort of minimum recommendation that I make for people. Do you still consume dairy at the moment? Are you eating dairy food? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's – I yeah. don't like you. I would say that – I'd say chocolate and ice cream replaced alcohol. Yeah, I can see that. So for me, I'm more of a savoury person, but then it would be the crisp side of things. You know, the crisps and crackers replaced alcohol. Cheese on crackers I did like. Yeah. So my diet now is fully plant-based, so I've come away from dairy products. But dairy can be a real problem and can tend to cause spots along the jawline or across the forehead or down the sides of the the, the mouth here. A lot of the time it's the the hormones in the dairy that are causing the issue, that are triggering the skin. They can also cause redness and dryness. So dairy is one of the first things that I recommend people avoid. And if you're going to do an exclusion diet, it sounds very extreme, but four weeks of no dairy. And that's not even a little bit of butter on bread. If you're going to go for it, it's like absolutely avoid it. And you will therefore either see the benefits in four weeks, or you'll realize that it makes absolutely no difference to you. But doing a really strict exclusion diet like that is the most definitive way to tell whether or not you've got a problem with a particular food. I'll be honest, my friend, the thought of no butter is enough for me to reach for the gym. But, you know, there are so many incredible alternatives now. And no, they're, they're absolutely. I think the whole vegan market has massively exploded, oh, hasn't it, over the incredible. past few years. So even, you know, we talk about ice cream. I do love an ice cream and the vegan options and, and fairly healthy vegan Superb, options. Superb, isn't it? Well. Amazing, really amazing. But, now, now, please may I ask, with, with my uh, Hannah QVC hat firmly back on, 
<laughs> what would you describe as your hero product? What what's what's your favourite? I mean, you know, if, if there's one in the stable, if, if your products are horses, you know, every owner's got the favourite horse. Which is the one that really uh, took off for you? So, from a personal perspective, my favourite is the Scar Minimising Oil, and I think that's because. Having overcome these skin conditions, the one thing that I was left with was scarring. So I have this real tendency, and I've been quite conscious of it today. I tend to put my hair over my face, and I can't do it because I know I've got this microphone here. But what I tend to do is sort of hide the side of my face because I struggled with really deep scars from acne on my cheeks. So developing something that was going to help regenerate the skin and reduce that scarring was really important. And when you struggle with psoriasis and eczema quite often the pigment in your skin can disappear and it's temporary and it does return over time but helping it and encouraging it to do so is really important so the scar minimizing oil again a combination of natural oils vitamin e avocado rosehip all of these promote skin regeneration and i love that product so that's a real personal one but i think the one that i tend to get a lot of feedback on that is helping so many people immediately is the skin soothing spray, which breaks that itch scratch cycle. And when I think back to what for me was the most aggravating symptom of my skin, apart from the fact that I felt it looked so unsightly, it was most definitely the fact it kept me awake at night because of that desperation to just claw at it, you know, and there's nothing you can do when it wakes you up in the middle of the night and all you can focus on is your skin. Trying to get back to sleep is an absolute nightmare. So the skin soothing spray, again, it's natural, but it's this combination of Balan, blackcurrant and sunflower oils. And it's a blend that we sourced from a laboratory in Switzerland and their test results, their scientific data shows better results than steroid creams in many cases. So to help parents oh get their gosh. children to sleep, it's incredible. Suitable for kids so you can spray it on their skin after a bath in the evening. And I've had so many people come to me and say, my child is sleeping again. I had a guy just this week on Twitter who said he's used it for his elderly father who'd really struggled with psoriasis on his back. And he said, my dad's sleeping through the night and we really struggled him, with him getting a good night's sleep. So a product like that where you think the feedback that it's genuinely making such a huge difference to people, I just, yeah, I'm just so proud to have worked with scientists who could create something like that. I, I mean, it's amazing. And, and I will absolutely hyperlink uh, the, the, the range for when the episode goes out because I do know, I mean, there's, there's an article on, which website it was but one of the one of the articles with the most views was uh about skin in in lockdown this was a news website this wasn't a uh, a health website um are, are you hearing anecdotally um that more and more people are being impacted that with their, their skin on lockdown massively i mean i've got such a strong following on instagram and that's where my community is yeah and so a lot of people take time to direct message me and they feel really comfortable sharing photographs, which I just love. So sometimes people will message me and say, oh, I don't think you want to see this because it's so awful and I look so ugly. But and then would you mind if I sent the photo? And I always say, you know, absolutely. If you feel comfortable sharing. That says a lot about you, doesn't it? That people um, can share that stuff. I mean, that's really that's powerful, isn't it? I think for me. You only can, you can only ever really have that empathy with people if you've struggled with it yeah. yourself. And so this is where when people go and visit their GP and their dermatologist, so many people say to me their reaction was so awful and 
they look so shocked yeah. that it made me feel a million times worse. And I've been there when the dermatologist has gone, oh, goodness. You know, when you think, right, okay, I was hoping you might say, oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of cases like this. Not, you know, that. Come on, mate, I'm sat right <laughs> here. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So people do feel comfortable and that's really nice for me. And so lots of people have shared pictures, especially of their hands. I think this washing of hands thing, because it's so important for us to keep doing that, we need to continue to wash our hands, but what can we do afterwards to replenish them has sort of been the, the line of questioning. And most definitely, when I share those before and after stories, those are the stories that people respond to and relate to, and people post questions in the comments. And then the original person who shared the story is more than happy most of the time to share what worked for them. And I think that builds this feeling of trust and this community where People can be open and honest with one another and really empathize with one another. I think skin is just one of those things that when we talk about health, it's seen as an individual problem within itself. But for me, our skin is just a barometer of what's going on inside. And it's saying, look, there's something wrong. You need to change something. So for a lot of people that manifests as a migraine or IBS or stomach cramps, whereas for those of us who naturally suffer with our skin, that is the first sign that something's wrong. It's your skin saying something's not quite right inside and I want you to make a change. And so for me, whilst I would say I'm cured of psoriasis, people who suffer with the disease don't like that term because they say once you've suffered from it, it's always with you. But I know that mine is absolutely manageable and I can keep it in check so long as I don't go back to eating rubbish, processed foods, and being lazy, basically. So it's almost a healthy barometer. It keeps me in check. It keeps my lifestyle on track. And I guess I, I look for those small elements of gratitude in struggling with something that created so much negativity for so many years. Well, yeah, I mean, what a, I'm loath to use the word journey because I know we're not on the X Factor, but, uh, <laughs> but I mean, talk, I'll swerve the word journey, but I mean, talk about turning a negative into uh, not just a, not just life changing for you, but life changing for for everyone. It's a, it's such a positive, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think I do use the word journey because I can't avoid it. I stopped cringing at it a while ago because what can you do? <laughs> you know, it is a journey and there's so many different stages to it. And The people who come to me wanting this answer and they say, well, if I change this in 28 days, will I be healed? You can't put a time frame on it. And so it is an individual journey. Everybody's got their own path to tread with it. Some people are like me. I'm such an all or nothing person. So when it was alcohol and the bad stuff and the smoking, I was all in. You know, I could easily smoke 20 cigarettes a day and then DJ a club at night and smoke 20 more. I could drink a bottle of wine. And then if someone was opening another, I'd be straight onto that. But I'm just the same when it comes to health. So if I had to drink green smoothies and exercise and do my training, you know, at the start of this whole process, I began doing park run locally and I was walking five kilometers. By the end of it, I was competing in Ironman. So it just goes through this sort of, of I'm just an all or nothing person. But I know that not everybody's brain works like that. So for some people, the journey is step by step. It's slower and that's okay. If the only thing you can do this week is drink two liters of clear water each day, that is a massive step for somebody. So just start slowly and build up gradually step by step and build it into your journey. We're just sounding like the X Factor now, but I, I really do see it that way, you know? Well, be- before we go, just one last question. Um, what, what do you do for balance, Hannah? So I think for me, balance is important when it comes to my skin to make this journey 
lifetime sustainable. So people often ask, do you ever eat bad food? And I don't like to categorize between good and bad, but of course I'm human. So a takeaway pizza or a Chinese or a slice of birthday cake at a friend's party, there is always going to be this temptation. And for me, it's not about saying, oh, I'm never eating that again, but it is about finding balance that works as an individual. So my balance is 80-20. 80% of the time, it's green juices, it's exercise, it's jogging, it's fresh air. But 20% of the time, I do not berate myself for enjoying a slice of cake or enjoying that piece of pizza. I never went back to the alcohol because that was a personal choice, but there are definitely forms of balance to be found in my diet and lifestyle. And I think it's super important because otherwise you are constantly going to feel restricted. Nobody wants to feel restricted. We all know that during lockdown, everybody likes to feel like they've got this freedom. And I think that's where balance is really important and finding a balance that suits you as an individual is absolutely crucial. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank um, you so much. <laughs> I don't do jealousy, but jealousy is not the right word. Let's go with admiration. But where you are in the country, where you are in the country right now, uh, I know just how beautiful that is. So congratulations on that. <laughs> do you have any outdoor space? If you've got a garden there for the little ones, we do. We do. Yeah, and um, for our daily bit of exercise, we 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 are. We are lucky. It's hard, isn't it? Because it, whenever someone says, oh, we are lucky, what the, what they basically mean is I'm being a right smug twat. So I don't <laughs> sort, of, sort of loathe to use that. You know, a mate does that. Oh, a bit, we were just so lucky with the with the share options. And you're like, oh, you son of a... Um, but I feel a bit like that when I'm posting pictures about here I am with my shovel in my veg plot. Oh, I'm so lucky. Yeah. I'm so grateful. And you think people are going to think, oh, look at her. You know? <laughs> exactly that. Smug twat. <laughs> um, but but we're, we're, we're in uh, Beckenham and there are, we didn't know this when we bought it, but there's, there's a bizarrely high number of parks around where we, where, where we live. So oh, with two young girls, it's, it's, it is a godsend. So you're able to at least go out and take them for their exercise in the park. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Huge thanks to Hannah uh, and all the people who, who made that happen. To find out more about Hannah, please visit her website, Hannah Silito. So I, I nearly did this lowercase because I've got two young girls. H-A-N-N-A-S-I-L-I-T-O-E.com. Kids are really proud of that. Uh, and on Instagram, she is at my goodness recipes. I can vouch for her range because she sent some in the post. Uh, terrific and plant-based. Uh, also, her book Radiant uh, is a huge hit in the Gill House. So uh, heartfelt thanks to Hannah. I uh, hope you guys are all well. Take care and uh, we'll speak soon. Oh, almost forgot the usual. Drop me an email, podcast at balance.media or to work with balance. Uh, it is sales at balance.media. Uh, as ever, any shares and the like, five-star reviews, always much appreciated. Take care. Thank you as always. I've been James Gill. Bye-bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 